الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل يستوي الذين يعلمون والذين لا يعلمون انما يتذكر اولو الالباب صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters this most beautiful deen that allah tbaraka wa taala has given us this is the greatest bounty and the greatest gift that we have received the gift of iman and this mubarak deen that allah tbaraka has given us if we take deen out of the equation we put the teachings of the quran and sunnah aside then there won't be any difference left between this insan and hayawan this insan this human being and an animal because he won't have any concept of how to live his life correctly it is the beautiful teachings of deen that have made this insan so distinguished otherwise take this away and even the most basic things are beyond him if one considers just to get a very brief understanding of what we are talking about just merely the aspect of taharat it's such a fundamental lesson when a child is still growing up very very early stages of life already the concept of taharat is instilled in the child that the child is grown up a little and now is going to be the time that the parents are going to be training the child to use the toilet for example there are going to be many basic concepts of taharat that are going to be instilled in the child from that time you don't need to get into the details it is clear and obvious so such a basic thing take deen out of the equation that the person will grow up with life and he'll have no concept of taharat what is that person might think he's clean but what's purity he doesn't have any idea and the cleanliness is just a surface cleanliness what appears to be clean but the reality is far from it there was once somebody was traveling so they stopped at a garage or somewhere so they needed to go and relieve themselves and when they came out others were also obviously using the facility so one person had come out and he was now his little child maybe 7 8 years old was with him so now he was he said no no he come here you must wash your hands first so now he's teaching the child that this is a training this is a training that's been given to the child he's teaching the child you must wash your hands first now for whatever reason he plugged that sink meaning that stopper that is there he put it on and then he opened the water into that sink so he half filled it and now he is making the child wash his hands in that half filled water like how people take a bath what kind of bath they take 
they fill the tub and then they go and sit in there so all the najasat is now filled in that water which has become like a pool of water there so likewise this child now is being made to put his hand in this water that is standing there so now he shook his hands in that water for a half a minute and then he went away so now he became very clean but now all that filth went into the water and the same filthy water he is washing his hand with like people now they sit in that bath they don't have any concept of taharat so that whole water becomes najis because of their najasat and now they keep uh, that same najis water is used to wash themselves and Allah forbid they might even be gargling their mouths with it and what not might so there is no concept of taharat such a simple basic fundamental aspect of life but can we see how important it is that what deen has taught us this otherwise a person with such great worldly intelligence very intelligent people worldly but they can't understand a simple thing like this this is the topic of Allah Ta'ala which comes only through deen through iman through this Mubarak deen that now a person is shocked but how can a person not fathom such a simple thing how can a person not understand that now that water has become so impure and now you are still sitting in the same water you are washing your hands in the same dirty water how, come, how can a person not understand this but without iman it is not possible to understand it without this deen it is not possible to understand it it is the beauty of this iman beauty of this deen this mubarak sunnah of Rasulullah his mubarak way of life that these seemingly very obvious things it's because a person who has grown up with this it becomes such a natural thing so obvious the person is so conscious about every bit of impurity of any sort the clothes mustn't get soiled with any impurity the body mustn't get soiled with any impurity anybody Allah forbid if a person sees somebody walking out of the toilet bare feet you get a shock how could you enter the toilet bare feet you are going to now end up making everything napak and impure it will be such a shock for the person who has grown up in this but for the person who didn't he says what's a big deal he just can't understand it so these are the teachings of our Mubarak Deen that the person gets this beautiful way of life and it keeps the person in this very beautiful way of conducting his day to day things keeps him pure, keeps him clean now this purity, this cleanliness that we are discussing in terms of external purity and that this is purely the favor of Allah Ta'ala upon us through this Mubarak Deen that this is so easily understood we become so conscious of it we take care about it we guide our children towards it we take whatever steps are necessary to make sure we are clean, pure so just as this is purely the favor of our deen and a person who abides by it he enjoys that benefit he remains pure he remains clean he keeps the things around him pure and clean and if Allah forbid a person ignores these simple basic rules of taharat the person doesn't take care about ensuring that the body is always clean from every impurity the clothing is clean from impurity 
then the person is going to be passing on that impurity everywhere. The person is going to be himself in an improper state and one thing will lead to another. The person will be totally far from the concept of taharat. Just as this external taharat has been taught to us only by deen, nobody else and nowhere else can we get it from. Deen has given it to us. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this favor. Yuridullah yutahhirakum. Allah Ta'ala says, Allah Ta'ala wishes to purify you. This is the purification Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with. Likewise, the purity in all other aspects of life is only acquirable through deen. The purity of the heart, the purity of the soul, the purity of the mind, the purity of the thinking, the purity of how a person, what choices he makes. Like this person, who's got no concept of taharat, so what kind of choices he made? The choice he made was to walk bare feet in the to- into the toilet. He thought nothing about it. Now there's some mess around, there's najasat around. <coughs> it makes, didn't cross his mind at all, didn't bother about it. See what's in there. Because he, ignored the teachings of Deen, the Mubarak Sunnah. So that's the choices he makes. The person then doesn't matter, for example, whether there's impurity splashing back onto him or not. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't concern him. But the person who's conscious of this, who understands that Taharat, that Deen is taught, that person will be shocked. How can you not take care of this? So likewise, Deen and only Deen has given us the purity of every other aspect of life. The purity of the heart, the purity of the soul, the purity of the thinking, the purity of the choices. Now, what is this choices we're talking about? Purity of the choices, what kind of choices? Choices regarding what? So choices is a very broad concept. Choices is something which there is Anything in life, there's a choice to make. But we just want to highlight again a lesson that we have repeatedly discussed. And no matter how many times we will discuss it, it will not be sufficient. It will require even further discussion, further emphasis. For example, the choice of dressing. Now this might, there might be a question in the mind that what way does this fit into the whole equation? Just as we mentioned earlier, that take Deen out of the equation, then a person can't understand a simple concept like Taharat, like the impurities must not splash back onto the body, onto the clothing, one must not go into the toilet bare feet. Person just doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't concern one in any way. And another person will be shocked about it. Can you imagine now, somebody in your house goes into the toilet bare feet, and perhaps there was some child used the toilet before that and messed the place also. This person walked in bare feet, and now with that bare feet in the toilet first, and now he's walking around the whole house, that same bare feet without washing his feet, and that place was wet also, and now he... And I was walking around the house and walking around the carpets and walking around putting his feet on the bed and onto the sofa and can we imagine now somebody now 
whatever there was some filth and mess lying around and he went and put his hands in it now he's putting that hands on the wall putting it on can anybody imagine this is beyond our imagination we'll be shocked we cannot imagine such a thing how can a person even dream of such a thing unimaginable how come it's unimaginable to us it's because of our deen deen has given us that concept of purity that concept of taharat otherwise take it out then you'll see people doing this kind of thing. They're walking barefoot into the toilet, man, means nothing to them. They got no issue about najasit splashing onto their body, onto their clothes. They have no issue about a uh, person would just go about things in life in a way that there's no concept of taharat. So likewise, this purity of the choices, we're speaking about clothing and dressing. If a person removes deen from the equation, so what will come out of the way? Of the way meaning of the way where a person feels that now they are free to do what they want. So what have they taken out? That protection, haya will go out. Take deen out. So haya has come through deen. Haya al-haya ushu'batum min al-iman. It's a very very great branch of iman. So haya comes from iman. Now, just like the person didn't have the concept of deen, so taharat went. So, the person takes the concept of deen out, the concept of haya will go. Now, the kind of clothing that a person will choose will be like the toilet clothing. But the person will say, what's wrong? He said, no, no, but I'm just wearing it in my house only and uh, I don't wear it outside. I only wear it under the abaya. So, this is like person saying that no I'm only impure you know when I'm the, the abaya is pure and clean but inside is just everything is impure is fine no problem wearing that clothing that was soiled in impurity that's fine but I got the abaya on top of it or other kind of arguments of this nature it won't be able to be fathomed person will look at it and be surprised it will be looking at the person who is talking negatively about this kind of dressing that what's wrong with this person, something wrong with him is this person not sane, this person is living in which world and there is one incident about one person who was not sane he was sick, he was ill, mentally ill he was insane perhaps 80%, 90% insane. So now he's standing on the street corner and everybody that's passing by there, he's looking at each one and he's shouting at them, look at that madman there, look at that mad person there, look at that mad person. Everybody he's calling mad. The only person he's regarding as intelligent is himself. Now everybody else is mad. So all the people that are walking past, all the people that are fully in their senses, they know what they're doing, they are fully intelligent. For him, all of them are mad. And he's the only intelligent one around. So likewise, when a person has lost Haya, then the people of Haya look mad to him or her. The people of Haya looks like to the person who lost the Haya, the people of Haya look like there's something wrong with them. So the person without Haya is now up in arms about them. Look at these people. How are they carrying on? What's their problem? How can they continue like this? What? They are making a big fuss about everything. 
this jeans is wrong and this t-shirt is wrong and this tight fitting clothing is wrong and this kind of style is wrong and that is wrong something is wrong with these people so this is what becomes the concept of a person who has lost taken deen out of the equation what's all this then now anything and everything goes and the person you'll get people YouTube scholars so called YouTube scholars people are talking about these things and they are passing on this information that now there's something going around some so called YouTube scholar has been passing on his Allah best what kind of description we can give it so among the things that this person who seems to have a very big following of some sort says no all this dressing up in uh, Islamic garb as we call it in other words a male dressing up in a kurta etc a female dressing up in an abaya scarf etc so now for him this is he says you must dress like the people of the place now he he is living somewhere in some western country so you must live dressed like the people of the place and whatever the people of the place were that is what the requirement of Na'uzubillah his, his understanding and his warped and distorted understanding and he's a so called big scholar and he can quote a lot of things but what is he quoting and what's the reality of it and how correct it is nobody knows it is because he can talk in a very fancy way so they said, all this you must wear what, and, and, Nauzubillah, to be wearing a kurta in a western country is like bizarre, this is a word he uses, Nauzubillah. So somebody now quoted this and sent this information, that this is the kind of things that are now circulating. And many people who, some who were, some women who were, mashallah, adopting the niqab, etc., after hearing this poor person's, all his nonsensical talk, they decided, no, no, what this person is saying makes sense now to them. His nonsense makes sense to them. So now, this is the thing that Rasulullah forewarned the Ummah about. That among the things that I fear most for my Ummah, the hypocrite who has a knowledgeable tongue. He's a munafiq. He talks the talk of deen outwardly. But in the midst of all that, he is pushing some nifaq and hypocrisy. In his heart is nifaq and hypocrisy. And what he is doing is trying to dismantle deen, destroy deen. But in a very, very stylish manner, in a very subtle way. <coughs> it appears like he is actually propagating deen. But he is out to destroy the sunnah, destroy the way of life of Rasulullah And pave the way towards a person's exit from deen. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us. So these are not things to take chances with. We should never touch these kind of things. This is just a side discussion which has come up which is never very necessary that don't ever touch these kind of things. All these YouTube things and so on are very very dangerous. We should never have these things. No, no contact with it whatsoever. Just be out of it completely. And don't listen to anybody's talks who are not 100% sure beforehand about the authenticity of the person and that authenticity we will get by inquiring from our ulama. So our asatiza in etc. our ulama 
they will tell us, okay, this person is authentic or not. Otherwise, many a person who has some little bit of learning of deen also, but doesn't have that deeper insight, got carried away with these things. And they thought that this is fine, we can go ahead and listen to this and listen to that. And the end result became terribly damaging to the religion. So now some women who are wearing the niqab and so on, and they heard all these fellows nonsensical talk, and they abandoned the niqab. See, no, there's no need for this. They abandoned that abaya also. They must wear what the people of the place wear. So now that filthy dressing that the people of the West adopt, so now that like that taharat concept has been lost. So taharat concept has been lost in the aspect of the external taharat. So now this taharat of purity of dressing, lost. So now that filthy dressing, that's fine too. Like that person walking around in the toilet, bare feet and coming out, you see what's wrong with it. The person dressing in that filthy manner, you see what's filthy about this. They can't understand it. Their minds become blocked to the understanding. That, what, what understanding is this? We can't understand it. So, this is the end result of allowing the wrong influences into our life. The wrong influences then now start making us get this warped picture of things. And we think that's right. And then puts a person in this warped practice of things. And the person feels all this is okay. Whereas it's far away from deen. It's filth. It's dirt. That western style of dressing is dirt. It's filth. But a person now who has become distanced from the pure teachings of deen in that regard, from that haya, from the concept of haya that deen has given, See, no, this is fine. Nothing wrong with it. So now people say, no, I'm wearing it at home. I'm not wearing it elsewhere. Now they're wearing it at home, okay. They're wearing it at home. Nothing's okay about it. But you say, fine. They're wearing it at home. So now who's at home? So now maybe the younger brother is at home. The elder brother is at home. Yeah, sometimes the son is at home. That son is growing up. They say, no, he's at home. And even among, to wear it in front of any other female, that kind of, Governs that kind of filthy dressing it's shameless it's immoral but when the mind and heart is now blocked and the haya is affected then to the extent that the haya is affected and reduced to that extent the shamelessness looks right to that extent the shamelessness looks right you can't see the wrong in it a person who he's got a problem with his sight, he's got cataracts, he's got some problem with his sight. Now there is filth lying there in the distance, 15-20 meters away, whatever the distance might be, but he's got a problem with his vision. So now when he's got a problem with his vision, he can't see it from 15-20 meters away. Maybe when he would get really closer, now he'll see, hey, this is filth. But now the person who whose sight is even weaker, he can barely see like a meter away. So now he's two meters away, but two meters away also he can't see the filth there. Somebody's saying, hey, watch out, there's filth there. Say, what filth? I can't see anything. Now when he'll come up to maybe one meter close by, now he'll only see it. By that time he's already tramped into it, he's messed himself also. And then sometimes you get a person who's blind now. So now his body got, clothes got all messed up, he was walking somewhere and all splashed on him too, he didn't know nothing. 
he, he can't see anything. So like the person with physical disability in his vision, his vision is weak, he is very weak, Allah forbid is completely blind, he accordingly can't see the filth. Person who is weak, then from a short distance too he can't see it. Person very weak, right there too he can't see it. Just barely just getting some kind of picture of it. Person blind, he can't see it at all. So likewise, one is Basarat. Basarat is the external vision, the vision of the eyes. And then is Basirat. Basirat is the inner vision. So like the external vision gets weak, person turns blind sometimes, the Basirat also gets weak because of the influence of external things, the evils, the nudity in the environment and all the other things that keep going around and anyone, everyone that we are getting exposed to and seeing how people are walking around and dressing and whatever people are doing now all that impacts on a person then feel that nobody should do the same as a result the person's basirat the inner vision starts weakening and gets weaker and gets weaker now somebody says can't you see the filth in this he says, I can't see anything I can't see what's wrong in this I don't know what you're talking about like the person standing five meters away, but because his vision is so weak, he needs to be one meter away. Then he might see it. Now from five meters he's saying, I don't know what you're talking about. And then the person who's blind, he's right there, he can't see anything. He's in it, he can't see it. Allah forbid that Basirat becomes blinded. The person now is in the worst kind of actions, worst kind of dressing, worst kind of behavior, worst kind of conduct, going to worst kind of places worst kind of company the person says no everything is fine we are living in the 20th century now I don't know what you are talking about going to places which are detrimental to one's iman going to harm the iman harm one's deen says no but you can't become too serious about life now we go to just enjoy life so now it's like a person saying now you can't become too serious about life you must walk around bare feet in the toilet too you must put your hand in the mess you must do all these things what's the problem if that is a problem, this is a worse problem. Because that problem can be washed off externally. This soils the heart. This affects the person's whole iman, affects his deen. So the issue and the lesson for today is that we have to try and build up this basirat. Build up this inner vision. Build up the concepts of deen that apply externally and internally. So that just as we become very careful, very conscious of staying away from the external impurities, likewise we become conscious of the internal impurities <coughs> and those things that are going to make our heart impure, that are going to affect our iman, affect our haya, affect our deen in general, we stay far away from that as well. We see the dirt in it, we see the filth in it, in that type of dressing in that type of conduct, in that type of behavior, behavior, in going to those kind of places and all the other issues that relate to it. So that will be the case when a person has developed this imani basirat, this inner vision and this strength of iman. Now the person will be able to see the difference between day and night. Otherwise the person was totally blind. There are some people, Allah will protect us and save us, they are blind to that extent they don't know when it is day, when it is night. Some people, they are also blind, but they perceive the light. 
they can say now it's day and then they can say well now it's night because it's dark but there are some people who are at that level of blindness that they can't make out now they are mazur that's something which is a physical disability Allah Ta'ala will reward them with the greater bounties and benefits in other things and that's generally the case people who don't may not have their sight but their other senses are extremely sharp and in so many other ways Allah Ta'ala blesses them it's a test it's a challenge but that is something that's not in their control they're not forget being answerable for it in the Hadith Sharif it comes that Allah Ta'ala uh, when Allah Ta'ala tests a servant with regards to his two beloved things meaning his eyes and he then makes sabr upon it then Allah Ta'ala says I will give him Jannat in return so this is a different matter altogether but a person's inner vision that is destroyed due to our negligence due to our getting involved in haram and filth looking at the wrong things associating with the wrong people and then we start admiring the wrong way of life we start admiring the filthy kind of dressing we start admiring all the other evils as a result of which then this is what Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran Sharif فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَعْمَلْ أَبْصَارُ وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورُ it is not that the physical sight their eyes have become blind but the hearts in their bosoms have become blind وَلَكِنْ تَعْمَلْ قُلُوبُ الَّتِي فِي الصُّدُورُ so now the heart has become blinded so now that shamelessness cannot be seen there was shameless about this the wrong cannot be understood where are we going to be able to now bring this vision back to the heart liven this heart it will get livened in the right company reading the books of the Ahlullah their writings listening to their talks and keeping ourselves in the right company keeping ourselves away from any kind of negative influence then and obviously keeping constant on the zikr of Allah Taala, making the mujahada to refrain from sin when all these things will be done then gradually the heart will start livening up the light will start coming every subhanallah increases the light of the heart every alhamdulillah increases the light of the heart Allahu Akbar expressing the greatness of Allah Allah is the greatest there is no greatness for anybody Allahu Akbar doesn't mean that somebody else also has greatness and Allah also has greatness and Allah Ta'ala's greatness is more no, nobody else possesses any greatness all greatness is purely and solely belonging to Allah Ta'ala Allahu Akbar with that consciousness and this is the Tasbih Fatimi that we are supposed to be reciting after every Salah at the time before going to bed if it's just recited in this conscious manner Subhanallah Allah is pure from every blemish I am full of fault and make the niyat of Tawbah in that too Subhanallah Subhanallah that the whole day whatever happened now Tasbih Fatimi before going to bed this is a kind of muraqaba, muhasaba that uh, I am making Tawbah in this Subhanallah, Subhanallah, Ya Allah, I've committed so much of faults, I'm full of fault. Ya Allah, you are full of every blemish, every fault. And then Alhamdulillah, Ya Allah, your countless bounties have benefited from the whole day. This niyat of shukr, with the niyat of shukr reciting this Alhamdulillah 33 times, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. And then everything depends to the extent of how much of the greatness of Allah Ta'ala is in our heart. When a person has the greatness and the marifat of Allah Ta'ala in his heart, then that will guide him to do everything right and stay from every wrong. So now with that 
that I need to embed this kibriyai, this greatness of Allah Ta'ala in my heart. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Repeatedly, every day, after every namaz, at the time of going to bed, so many times this will be recited in this manner, it cannot, the heart cannot escape its effect. The heart will get impacted by it, and that light will come on, inshallah, and that heart will come alive. When the heart comes alive, when the light comes on, when the inner vision is now strengthened, then we'll see the filthy things that are filthy. Then we'll see the shamelessness in things that are shameless. Then we'll be able to distinguish between what is good and what is bad. Otherwise, if the taste buds are now not functioning correctly, the bitter things will taste sweet and the sweet things will look bitter. Allah wa ta'ala give us a tawfiq of understanding deen correctly and Allah Ta'ala enable our inner vision to be strengthened give us the true insight into things give us the strength of iman and all the qualities of iman Allah tabarak wa ta'ala bless one and all wa akhiru da'awana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu Allahumma la nuhsithna an alayk anta kama athnayta ala nafsik jazallahu anna nabiyyana muhammadan sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bima huwa ahlu اللهم افتح لنا بالخير واختم لنا بالخير واجعل عواقب أمورنا بالخير بيدك الخير إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم وفقنا لما تحب وترضى واجعل آخرتنا خيرا من الأولى ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين والحمد لله